Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Giants Beat Podcast. It's this time it will be a preview for week seven between the New York Giants and the LA Rams. Scott Thompson here with you alongside Justin Whitmont. Justin, how are we doing today? Good. How are you doing, Scott? Very good, very good. Now we went over the review on Monday, but this time we got a preview. LA Rams, New York Giants, they're in London town this week for another international game, the annual international game, you should say. So let's talk about that location first. They're going to be at Twickenham Stadium, and this is noted as one of the most historic stadiums for rugby in the world. Make sure you set your alarm clocks. It will be at 9.30 a.m. as both teams will be overseas, and the time difference about six hours or so. Now, Justin, do you like these games overseas as they appeal to, you know, the fans outside of the U.S., you know, the NFL trying to move its fan base across the world? Or do you feel that it is too much for these players to travel that far, lose sleep, and try to get ready for the week? You know, Scott, I'm all about promoting the NFL, and I love getting other people into watching football outside of the United States. But I, I've always been a believer that – or <laughs> I've, never, I've actually not been a believer that there will be a team in England just due to the fact that I just don't – think it's realistic eight games out of the 16 games that a team would play for them to travel at least six hours to the U.S. to play a game. So I, I'm not a supporter of these games in, Lon- in London or outside of London or if you want to just say England because I think it's great to promote it if you're planning on maybe expanding a team there, but I just don't see that happening. And like you said, players have to adjust to that time, which it's not – something you can just blow over that's something that players have to actually take into account when they're in London so I between that and the fact that I just don't see a team being in England I just don't I'm not a supporter of these overseas games you know I actually agree with you on the sense that this is football and when you talk about other professional leagues you know you you see you know in baseball they went to Cuba this year and in basketball you know they've they've gone to military bases around the world I believe in, in, in college basketball, they went to a military base in uh, Japan. So, you know, that, that's fine, I feel like, for those sports. But football is completely different in, in my sense because this is a very physically taxing sport. And players, you know, they rely on day-to-day treatment and getting themselves mentally and physically prepared. And when you go over, you know, o- overseas and you, you're kind of kicked out of that you know, day-to-day routine that, that you normally have, it is hard for, for these, these, these players. And on, on Monday, I got to go to, you know, in, uh, in Wallington, New Jersey, there was an event that Dominic Rogers cromartie held for uh, intensive therapeutics. And I was talking to a couple of the players, Jonathan Casillas and Jarrell Adams, Mark Harshlick, and they don't mind going overseas. They like that there is, you know, a, a worldly, you know, buzz about the NFL. But at the same time, they did say that it, it is going to be hard for them to transition, but somehow they will, they will figure it out because, A, they don't have a choice, and, B, this is yet another game. Now, both teams, 3-3, three and three, and the Rams are actually considered the home team for this game, but they will be basically giving up that right playing at a neutral venue. Now, as I mentioned before, both teams have played overseas, but with the exact results. Uh, exact opposite results, I should say. 
first international game was played in 2007, and it's Giants fans out there remember the Giants beat the Dolphins 13 to 10 while the Rams went to England in 2012 and were blown out by the New England Patriots 45 to 7. Justin Rams giving up a home game and they did not like London the last time that they were there. Would you call them underdogs in this matchup? Absolutely and to your point you called it a neutral game and I think that's putting it nicely for the Rams. You know LA is much farther from London than New York and on top of that the Giants are just a much more popular team worldwide and I definitely think there are more Giants fans that will travel to the game I think there's naturally more Giants fans in London so I definitely think that aspect favors the Giants in terms of who's the underdog and on top of that I just think between these two teams the Giants are the better team on offensively definitely defensively I think the Rams have the edge but the gap between the offense and defense is much greater in the sense that the Giants I believe are favored so let's let's work off of that Rams have the 16th ranked defense Giants have the 12th ranked offense if you want to look at total numbers between the two teams which team has the advantage when the Giants offense is on the field when the Giants offense is on the field I would definitely have to go with the Giants, and I think the Rams are a very talented defense. I think they're better than the numbers have said this year, have shown this year, but I think the Giants are coming into their own. We saw last week Eli puts up over 400 yards. Odell Beckham has the best game of his career. I think this offense is only going uphill, whereas this Rams defense, I wouldn't say they're going downhill, but they've been together for quite some time now as a unit, so I don't see any improvement coming from the Rams, whereas the Giants, I think they're only going uphill from here. Yeah, I mean, the the, the Rams defense, kind of in, in the middle of the pack, if you really want to be technical, 16th out of 32 teams, that is at 50%, so they are in the middle of the pack in the NFL. Giants 12th ranked offense, and obviously Odell Beckham Jr. having a big game last time around – Eli Manning sort of figure, figuring things out in the second half. So, like you said, Giants starting to go up, and the Rams kind of staying neutral, kind of staying, you know, just where where they, they you know, were, were honestly projected to be, you know, sort of in the middle of the pack. But on the other side of the ball for the Rams, they have looked atrocious. 31st ranked offense in the league. I believe they're averaging about 18 points a game. That is not good at all. Giants, 14th-ranked defense. Do you think that the Giants, Justin, are, or I should say have the advantage on the defensive side of the ball as well? Again, yes, I think the Giants have the advantage. And to put it simply, the Rams' offense is just really bad. And 31st in the league, I think that's very accurate. They might even be the worst in the league. Regardless, um, Case Keenum and his best weapon, Tavon Austin, and Todd Gurley's not playing too well this year either. Whereas the Giants' defense, same case as their offense, they are only getting better, and the pass rush has been horrible, and last week it was much better. So this Giants' defense, just like their offense, like I said, is getting better, and the Rams' offense is just really bad. I think this heavily favors the Giants, more so than the Rams' defense compared to the Giants' offense. Well, you brought up Todd Gurley, and I think that is an important point to make. Todd Gurley obviously being, you know, a workhorse for them last season in his limited time that he got. But this season, you know, 
experts and fans alike thought that Todd Gurley was going to put on a show. But when you can't get the passing game going, obviously where's that ball going to go? It's going to go to that guy in the backfield. And Todd Gurley has not had a lot of help from his offensive line. They have been creating a lot of holes for him. So, you know, they got to find a fine line in in that and and get him going if, if the Rams really want to work their way up on that ranked offense board. But we shall see what happens Sunday morning. But let's talk about a a sensitive topic now with the Giants. Josh Brown will not travel with the team as it, is, as it is known that he has committed multiple acts of domestic violence to his ex-wife. You know, owner John Mara admitted he knew to an extent of these specific acts of violence that Brown committed, and the Giants have said they will address it after this week's game. Ben McAdoo went as far to say, quote, not going to turn their back on Brown and that they hope he makes strides, end quote. Justin, you wrote a great piece for Elite Sports New York. What are your thoughts, thoughts excuse me, on this whole situation? Well, as you, as you have heard, Josh Brown's been placed on the commissioner's exempt list, so it's very unlikely we'll ever see him in a Giants uniform, let alone on an NFL team again. But regardless of what has happened with between he and the NFL, the Giants have handled this situation about as poorly as they possibly could have. Josh Brown was a free agent this past offseason. John Mara supposedly knew about some of these instances where he committed some act of domestic violence against his ex-wife. The NFL knew that during the Pro Bowl, when Josh Brown had his wife and kids in Hawaii, that Brown was trying to get into her room, and the NFL had to move the wife and kids. So the Giants clearly knew to an extent about what was going on, and Mara, like you said, made it clear that he knew a solid amount about the specifics, yet they decided to re-sign him to a pretty wealthy contract for a kicker, and they've been backing him the past day or two, which is absolutely beyond my greatest belief. I just can't believe that John Mara and what he calls and what everyone thinks to be one of the classier organizations in sports would possibly defend someone who is involved in a situation like this. I think they've handled it as bad as they could have, and they should really be ashamed of themselves for this whole situation. It is, like I said, extremely sensitive, very you know, you know, touchy in that. But at the same time, you're a professional organization, and you have character to worry about. It doesn't matter what you're doing on the field. Off the field matters as well. And we could speculate all day about how the NFL went about it as well, what Roger Cadell is thinking about doing, whether it's indefinite suspension of Josh Brown. Either way, that can be another time. And go check out Justin's article on Elite Sports New York. He did a great job on that. But now Thank we you. are going to bring in, of course, that's no problem. Of course, but now we're going to bring in Bob Garcia of the L.A. Rams Report on Scout.com. He joins us right now. Bob, first off, thanks for joining Justin and I on the Giants Beat Podcast. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Now, we didn't get to talk about him yet, but I think the burning topic that we want to talk about <laughs> as we jump right into this interview with you here, Bob, is Janoris Jenkins. Obviously, the New York Mm -hmm. Giants cornerback was with the Rams all of his career up until this point. He was taken 39th overall back in 2012. Now, do you Mm -hmm. see Sunday morning being a reunion between the two sides, or do you see Jenkins completely ignoring his former teammates and getting down to business? 
I think uh, at the moment during those contract negotiations back uh, during the offseason, there was some bitterness uh, as far as how everything went. Um, I know that he felt that the Rams lowballed him with an offer of five years for $45 million. And I know he's pretty upset, and I, he took it to Twitter and uh, saying that uh, they were disrespecting him for offering my contract that low, and uh, he had even fired his agent at one point. So there wasn't, I guess he wasn't too happy with what things, how things were going, but uh, as far as hard feelings, I think that's a thing of the past. Uh, he got what he was looking for. He got a contract for uh, over $12 million a year, which he was, that's what he initially was looking for. Um, he did indicate that he did want to stay with the Rams, but um, as he said uh, in a recent interview, that uh, it's business. You know, that's what it is. And I thought you know, there should be no hard feelings. You know, as much as he wants to stay, it's when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, it's, it's a business. Uh, you know, you talked about bitterness there, and Jeff Fisher this <laughs> week went out to say that it's hard to find anyone better at the cornerback position. Right now, then Janoris Jenkins, he's been playing at a really high level. What are your thoughts on Fisher's statement? Well, well, Janoris is certainly backing that statement up, what he's done so far. Um, he's with, I believe he's tied for seventh in pass deflections and I think tied for third in interception. So he is showing that right now. And, um, I mean, the Rams, I mean, to think, first of all, the Rams had a, a, were pretty high up on him coming into the draft um, when they drafted him, taking him second round, besides, uh, aside from the off-the-field uh, off issues. Uh, for them to take him despite those issues show that the Rams, or at least Fisher, had some high hopes on him. For him to say something like this, it's not surprising. And Jenkins, through his first four years, he did he progress. He uh, became a better defender, and this year he's really showing that he's fine-tuning his skills and um, showing to be one of the better uh, defensive backs in the league. As far as the best, um, I, I don't know that title. I think right now at this moment would have to go to Marcus Peters. So, I mean, I, I mm-hmm. can't find anybody playing better than him right now. But uh, him being up there among the, bed, the best cornerbacks uh, in the game right now, I, there's, I don't think there's too strong of an argument for, against that. Well, let's talk about his former teammates now. He used to line up in practice against Tavon Austin and Kenny Britt for the past couple of years. So do you think that Jenkins has the upper hand on that particular matchup going against these two guys if, you know, he switches back and forth Sunday morning? Or is it vice versa? Do you think that Tavon Austin and Kenny Britt really know how to work them? I believe it's, it's, it goes both ways. Um, and I'm sure he knows their tendencies, what they, what, what, uh, where they line up on uh, – um, on, on certain plays and uh, what they uh, excel in. Um, so, I mean, Austin's more short to intermediate passes. Uh, Britt's more of the long long ball. Uh, but at the same time, Jenkins, during his tenure with the Rams, he did have a tendency of uh, trying to do the big – trying to hit the home run play. Um, at times, he would uh, fall for the double move. Um, I, I can't recall which season it was. I think it was the third year. Uh, I think it was right for halftime in that game. Uh, he was covering, I forgot who it played he was covering, but it was just one double move right down, straight down the sideline and just mm-hmm. wide open touchdown. So, I mean, it's, he, they, the thing that I'm saying is that they both, they, both sides have, an, 
advantage, but then again, it wouldn't be an advantage. But it, they both had familiar, familiarity with each other as far as what their tendencies are. Um, so you, you'll see that early on, you know, them playing each other as far as what they know about each other from going out in practice for so many years. Uh, you were talking about the Rams receivers. Now I want to ask you about the Giants receivers, Odell Beckham Jr., Sterling Shepard, Victor mm-hmm. Cruz, and now with the news that Tremaine Johnson is out again, how are the Rams mm-hmm. going to stop this receiving core? I mean, can they stop it? And if not, how can they limit it? Well, I think first thing just to get out of the way, it's, it's, it's going to be very difficult to stop Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, it, 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 practically every team is having to take on that challenge, but Odell is a different animal. I mean, the last time I played, I believe played they had, he had uh, eight catches for 148 yards with two touchdowns, and I think he burned them for a couple of big plays, and, and I guess I'm mistaken. So as far as Odell, uh, that's going to be a challenge in itself. And as far as I know, I know that the Giants' offense hasn't necessarily been on track every week. I know it's been weeks where it's been a little bit off, and it's been up and down. And um, I know the whole thing with Odell is being uh, well-documented him off the field, off the field on the sideline. So, um, yeah, I, 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 with Tremaine out, it's going to be a huge, it's going to be a, it's going to be noticeable difference. I mean, it's not leaving the NFL on pass deflection. So he's a huge key to their defense. And with him out, they're going to have to rely on undrafted rookie Troy Hill to get, to take his spot in the lineup. And then also uh, EJ Gaines, who coming off a foot injury that kept him out all of last year. So, it's it's going to be a tough task, and um, I mean, from my perspective, I think it's, it's that's going to be the key to the game. If they can stop their passing game, or if they can at least limit the passing game, they would have a chance. And in the sl- in the nickel, uh, Lamarcus Joyner, or is that switched? Mm-hmm. Well, Lamarcus, Lamarcus Joyner is the nickel, and he's playing pretty well. I mean, since I'm not if I'm not mistaken, he's still playing with an injury. So for him to be playing through that, I think it's a foot injury. Uh, Broken foot. Um, for him to be playing to that is pretty impressive, but he's he's doing well in the nickel uh, this lot, and uh, he's been one of their strong points defensively. But it's just the focus on Troy Hill and, and EJ Gaines to see if they can stop uh, the top two receivers for the Giants. Now, for the Rams to win this one, Bob, who do you think really needs to have a big game for LA? Well, I mean, I I know it's not the start he would wanted to start to have to the season his second year, but I think it's going to have to get in the running game going with Todd Gurley. Um, I, I believe so. I believe I think it's four games this year. He's had, I think less than 60 yards and no touchdowns or four or three games this year. So if they can't get the running game going, it's, it's going to be very hard to get by the, uh, or at least get to the Giants defense. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, that's going to be the key to the offense, and that's how the Rams want to operate with their run game first and then go things off of that with play action and going out of pocket with blue legs and finding, uh, finding the receivers down the field. If they can't get their running game going, it's going to be very hard to, to see the Rams or very hard to envision seeing the Rams getting a win in this one. Uh, yeah, we, me and Justin actually brought that up too. Todd Gurley needs to get the run game going if this Rams team mm-hmm. is to get their offense you know, out of a rut. Mm-hmm. Final question. Give us your prediction on who takes this game in London and why. Well, with the Rams coming off 
two straight losses and their offense being so unpredictable and uh, unpredictable in the fact that it, you don't know what you're getting each week and production is at a minimal right now. Uh, it's it's hard to see them getting going against the Giants right now and snapping that six game losing streak they have to them. Um, I mean, it's a possibility, but it's just the way things are trending right now with a running game and such a rut. It's it's hard to to feel to have confidence in them getting it together uh, against the Giants' defense. So I, I would say the Giants would win comfortably. I I want to say around like twenty three or thirteen, something like that. Um, so I I just I can't see the Rams snapping a losing streak at this week. That was Bob Garcia from the L.A. Rams Report. Bob, thank you for joining me and Justin today, and we will talk to you soon. All right. Thank you guys for having me on. Have a good day. No problem. Justin, that was a good job from Bob, but let's get into sort of your segment that we would like to do every preview week, you know, every Friday podcast that we do for the week, Fantasy Winners and Losers. You kind of write that actually for – the Giants beat on scout.com. Who are your winners for this week on the Giants side of the ball for, for, for fantasy purposes? My winners for fantasy purposes, again, Odell Beckham Jr. Right at the top of that list as he has been for as long as I can remember. Like, (laughs) like, like Bob said from the Rams uh, section of the, of scout.com Tremaine Johnson is out. This makes Odell Beckham's matchup. So much easier, and it's it's hard to even explain how much easier because Tremaine Johnson is one of the top cornerbacks in the league, and he's a pretty overshadowed cornerback. And now you've got Troy Hill, who Bob did say has played has played at a solid level, but regardless, that's a huge drop off from Tremaine Johnson. Odell Beckham Jr. I see having another huge game. Sterling Shepard, then Ladarius Joyner will be covering him in the slot. Shepard has he started the season well. Now he's declined a little bit, and I believe this is the week for him to get going again. And then you move on to Todd Gurley, and another guy who hasn't really been playing well this season. And it's it's hard to understand why because I understand that the offensive line in LA has struggled, yet their passing game is inexistent. I mean, Case Keenum, Tavon Austin, Kenny Britt. And then you've got Todd Gurley. The Giants just let up a huge game to Terrence West last week. It has to make you think Todd Gurley's going to have a field day against this Giants defense. And speaking of the Giants defense, I have them as a – that would be a sneaky start. I think they're going to have a pretty solid outing. The Rams, like you said earlier, have the 31st offense in terms of total yards this season. That is very bad. And the Giants' defense, I see getting at least eight or nine points, which if they do, that's a start. Losers from this game, Victor Cruz. And Cruz has really not done much this season, as much as fans want to say he has. He got into the end zone mm-hmm. week one against Dallas and hasn't done that again. He's dropped the ball. He doesn't seem to have that same quickness as he did four years ago, which made him the player he was. And I just don't see him, not for any reason due to him or his matchup, but 
with Odell Beckham Jr. and Sterling Shepard, I think Cruz has become the third option for Eli Manning and the offense. And while I sit, while I'm on Cruz, do you agree with that that he's the third option, or would you say he's the second option over Shepard? No, I absolutely agree with with you in that he is the third option. Just look at look at who Eli Manning is is going to. I mean, other than you know him throwing his dump offs to his tight ends and his his running backs. It's Odell, then Shepard, then then Cruz. It, you can literally see it based off of you know you know targets. So, you know, p- people keep speculating on whether or not Cruz is back. If he's a hundred percent, clearly he's not the same Victor Cruz that we have seen in the past when he was in his prime. Um, but in, in general, I think that Victor Cruz at the moment has kind of lost a little bit of trust from e- Eli Manning in the sense where he's he's dropping a lot of passes. He's not really hitting his cuts the way he's supposed to. And I think that that's going to come with, you know, not playing basically two years of straight football. So I don't think that it's bad to call him the third option because I think that there is a lot of room for improvement, and I think that it will happen. But as for this week, I think we can drop Victor Cruz into the loser bracket because I think most of the targets should be, you know, circulating around Otto Beckham Jr. and Sterling Shepard. And then a guy who's kind of got a game that's like the 2011 Victor Cruz, Tavon Austin, a slot receiver, very quick, not quite to the same level that that 2011 Victor Cruz was, but I have him in the loser column as well. Janoris Jenkins is going to be covering Austin, and the fact that they were teammates definitely helps Jenkins more so than Austin, just because Jenkins is used to covering him in practice. But Janoris Jenkins, like we said, has really elevated his name in terms of possibly being a top-five cornerback. And Tavon Austin is not a top-five wide receiver by any means. And I think that matchup will heavily favorite Janoris Jenkins this week. And then the loser, last loser I have on this list, Rams defense. And it's funny to have the Giants defense in the winner's section and the Rams defense in the loser's section because the Rams defense is better than the Giants defense. But – the Giants' offense is third in total yards, and that's with a bad running game, or third in passing yards, rather. And the Rams' defense, like I said, hasn't really played up to the expectations that were put on them before the season. I see the Giants scoring a good amount of points, and that's going to lead to the Rams giving up a lot of fantasy points. And with that, how about you give us your prediction for this week, Scott? Who do you think is going to win this game? Why do you think they're going to win this game? And who will make the biggest impact on that team? Well, I'm going to have to agree with Bob, as he said before. You know, I think the Giants can, you know, sit back, play their game, and I think that they're going to coast to their second straight win and become 4-3. and I don't see them really giving up that much on the Rams' offensive side of the ball. I think this is the week, if you want to pick a week at all, where this – pass rush can get to Case Keenum. They can finally find their identity and try to, you know, get some sacks, get, get the quarterback on the ground. And at the same time, look at Case Keenum has seven TDs to six interceptions. So look for the secondary, maybe to make a couple of, of, you know, turnovers on their end as well. I think this is going to be a turnover game for the Giants defense for that they can really capitalize on those. So you want to give me, I mean, I'll I'll give you my score. I think it's going to actually be 28 to 10 will be the final score 
in the Giants' favor, making the biggest impact. Give it to Odell Beckham Jr. He has a career day last week, 222 yards on eight receptions. And like you said, matchup totally in his favor. Look for Eli Manning to go deep to him a few times and have him, you know, really make the difference here. And we'll see if he does anything with with the kicking net. That we can speculate on a little bit later, but I think that the Giants really coast to a win, come home for the bye week, and then really figure out the second second uh, second stretch of the season. Yeah, my prediction's very much like yours. I see the Giants taking this one 30-13. I think that the biggest impact will actually be Janoris Jenkins, and I saw him had a – I saw – that he had a huge game last week, and now he's playing his ex-team. I think he's got something to prove. They didn't give him the money that he wanted. He comes to the Giants. I think he's on a mission this week, and I think he's going to get that mission done. And why I think the Giants are going to take this one by 17 points, the offense is much better than the Rams' defense, and the Giants' defense, I think, will definitely limit the Rams' weak offense big time. And with that, you want to take us off here? Absolutely. That is all we have for today on the Giants Beat Podcast. Week 7 preview between the Giants and the Rams. Make sure to set your alarm clocks, as I said at the beginning of the show. 9.30 will be the start from Twickenham Stadium in London. Justin Whitmont, Scott Thompson with you. We will recap the game on Sunday on Monday, same time, 4 o'clock. Make sure you check out thegiantsbeat.com for any other news regarding the New York Giants. That's all the time we have for today, and we will see you next time around.